Twitchmania Playcast. Welcome to episode 29 of the Switch Mania Playcast! <laughs> it's the end of the year special where we're not sure if Nintendo's going to show up or not. <laughs> and they probably won't. <laughs> but at least they didn't call their newest console the Xbox Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Series X, the Xbox Sex. <laughs> You know, it's funny because we, we give Nintendo such a bad rap when it comes to naming things between the Wii to the Wii U, Wii U. and the new 3DS and the new how about, 3DS how about just the How about just the DS to the DSi to the 3DS to the DSi well, see, that was clever. to the 3DS I I, to the new 3DS to the 2DS? <laughs> see, I didn't mind the DS to the 3DS. I thought that was clever. And the DSi was fine because it was an upstate, like it was just an iteration kind of deal. But it wasn't new. Put new was just confusing and Wii to Wii U was confusing. But this this is like Microsoft. I know they like to copy Nintendo and I know they have a buddy-buddy relationship, but this this is bad. Does the Xbox One X and the Xbox Series X how many people are going to get that confused? Everyone. It's The funniest <laughs> thing you see is like the comments of people are like, I work at Target. This is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> like it's just, oh, easily. It's like, oh man, they just poor choices. Poor choices people. And Why not just call it Xbox 4? I mean, even even now, if you look at the Xbox naming convention, it's terrible. If yeah. you say, oh, do you have an Xbox One? Do you mean the Xbox One or the original Xbox, which could be considered the first Xbox? So now the Xbox One X and the Xbox Series X, the only one that's safe is the 360. <laughs> What's the 360th iteration of the Xbox? So we're yeah, we're missing Xbox 2 through 359. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. Like it's just I, so odd. They should have just did 720 and 1080 and so just went with that. Yeah, I mean, it's such an odd choice. I don't even know how they could salvage it at this point. Besides, we're calling it this one the Xbox Two. <laughs> oh, that would be even more confusing. Then, do you mean that, or do you mean the uh, Xbox, Xbox 360? 360. Exactly. Like they could have done that, but at least we have the Xbox Sex now. The Sex Box is now a thing. <laughs> you know what? They should just call it the Xbox Station of Play. Just to confuse people more. A station of play. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is horrible. And <laughs> um, I mean, I was already—I saw the pictures of it. it. Looks like two GameCube stacked on one another. Some green <laughs> yes. lights on the top. Um, well, however, you did notice there is a disc drive in there, yeah. so physical media is still sticking around. Yeah, which that's good and expected. But to me, I was like, I really didn't play my xbox one which i got the you know the first iteration didn't really play it that much compared to the ps4 um and that ended up being my wife's deal is that she was playing a ton of grand theft auto on the on the ps4 um but like my xbox was kind of a a a side note which means i'll probably end up collecting for that damn thing later because it's like (laughs) i haven't played a lot on it uh and the games will probably be a little bit cheaper than ps4 um, See, but like the switches is, is where it's at. <laughs> of course, <clears throat> yeah. I got I got the day one Xbox One. I played it for maybe a total of eight hours since launch. Um, I played everything else on PS4 or the Wii U. Um, the yeah. 3DS and the Vita got more love than the Xbox One in, in my household, and obviously now the Switch. Uh, so I heard that the Xbox Sex is fully backwards <laughs> compatible. And that might be the main reason I pick it up 
is is it just fully all it, the way to Xbox? From what I understand, the rumor is, and what people are saying is that it's backwards from Xbox 360 and Xbox One as well. Um, and that, to me, is probably the most compelling reason mm. to pick it up. Will I pick it up at launch? Uh, doubtful, unless you know someone says, "Hey, do you want this for free?" Oh, okay, yeah. Um, well, my I, question I is: Is it backward compatible, or is it Doctor Evil air quotes backward compatible, where it's going to be only a few games that they upgrade? Classic Microsoft fashion, by the way. <laughs> I I heard, I heard they're trying to do full, full well, backwards. If they do full, that <laughs> might be enough to snare, because I have a and, lot of Xbox 360 and Xbox One oh, yeah. games. I've been picking up Xbox One games for like years under ten dollars a piece, just because they go on sale so frequently. Xbox One, I've only picked up exclusives because I always get exclusives and yeah. games that I want to truly support. Like, you know, I got like Mega Man Legacy Collection on all the systems because I love Mega Man and want Capcom to me keep making them. Um, stuff like Bloodstained, I backed and I got the Xbox One version. Okay. Um, but but that's pretty much it outside of if I find it at a yard sale for, for a dollar or two or something like that. And it's like, all right, I'll grab it then. Yeah, my so. Xbox One collection compared to my PS4 is laughable. <laughs> it's just like Xbox One isn't even a tenth of what I have for PS4. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, though, so the Xbox Sex is going to be a um, <laughs> probably a, a non-support, at least for a really long time until it's like so cheap or so like out there, like with backward support that it's that it's a given. But um, I mean, my wife already says we're getting a PS5. So, you know, first world problems. <laughs> oh, darn. Um, <laughs> but. I mean, at, after that, it's like I'm concentrating on the Switch because it has everything we need. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, let's go to a little bit of uh, feedback. Um, I definitely, since the posting of the last episode, and, you know, there's a week in between, um, basically uh, we now have a Switch Mania Playcast Facebook page. Um, I had multiple listeners reach out to me and thank me for creating it, which is really crazy to me. Um, but they said that they finally have a place where they can jot down their comments as they're listening, which is an interesting thing I didn't even think about with the page. That is. Yeah. I was like, well, what, what was your thoughts? And he's like, oh, I was just, while I'm listening, I think of stuff and I forget. <laughs> I was like, okay, but um, then was asking me about Jackbox. So I don't know if you've heard of the game. I love Jackbox. Jackbox, but it's like I, I was like, you know, my first question was, is that the same as you don't know Jack? <laughs> Wait, you never heard of Jackbox before? I've heard of it, but I was like, I've never played it, and I was, I was just <gasps> asking, is that the same as you don't know Jack? It's, it's by the same makers of, you know, you don't know Jack and you, that is in the Jackbox, but the Jackbox is a collection of, of multiple different games, five to six per collection. And uh, sometimes there's sequels as different, you don't know Jacks, but there's like Quibbage and, uh, there's, there's a Fibbage. I mean, there's, uh, there's like an art gallery one where you get to draw uh, pictures and people bid on them. There's like a haunted house one where you're trying to escape and you're like these little rag dolls and you have these these questions. Weird. Um, there's there's one where it's I forget which one. So it was, from um where, from listener Keith, um, who's the one awesome. one who contacted me, he said um he said with uh, Jackbox you can use your smartphone to write yep. and draw. Said games are similar to Pictionary and Cards Against Humanity. Yep. Um, the only thing is, and, and he also was asking me about one called Use Your Words. 
um, which is another one. He said they're both digital-only games, probably won't get a physical release, and if they do, they'll only work as long as their servers are running because it's not only on the Switch digitally, but also website servers that you have to cross-talk with. So you think about it, like, what are your thoughts on games like this that have a very short lifespan because it's literally tied to like multiple facets that could go away sooner than later even if it had a physical release your phones wouldn't be able to coordinate or cross coordinate with the servers the first jackbox party pack did have a physical release it had a ps3 and ps4 for Mm. sure um you don't know jack also had a 360 and a ps3 release i know that you don't know jack on ps3 and four and uh and 360 but only, I know only, that only one, PS1. Only PS1. Only <laughs> PS1. Um, I, I have the PS1 version of you. Yeah, you can play that offline, I believe. But the the one for PS4 and the PS3, I'm not sure. But honestly, it sucks. And I think the whole point of preservation is to keep keep games forever and to make them not fade away. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, even with physical media. Um, we have quite a bit that have turned into coasters, even just recently. I mean, we, on the PS3, we have uh, the game Mag is a coaster. Yeah. On the Xbox 360 and Xbox One, the game Titanfall is pretty much a coaster. Um, you have games like uh, Starblood Arena on the PS4 that's now a coaster. Lawbreakers on the PS4 is now a coaster. Um, and it sucks. It the, the real answer is it sucks. Um so the other and, question that I always have is that, you know, with the rampantness of hacking, um, there's the other side, which is preservation of hacking, which means that there's going to be some dedicated gamers when it comes to the more popular games. Absolutely. And this could be the same deal where they create servers for it to communicate with and recreate the gaming experiences. So all of these coasters in the future could be preserved, but it has to go out of the legal ramification stage where somebody's going to, you know, make it a big deal when people put in hundreds of hours to preserve the stuff that the developers are not doing or the publishers are not doing. More importantly, the publishers are not doing. Well, the one thing I will say is that unlike these other games I did mention, Jackbox has a staying power. <clears throat> and I don't think the servers, and I could be wrong, but I don't think the servers to keep the, the website up are very taxing. I don't think they're taxing because you know why? No. There's no monthly fee. There's no anything you could play for free. Um, and I think I think it's it's very, very light on them. So do I see it going away anytime soon? Probably not. They just put out the sixth pack. Um, I think they're going to keep going. They're, they're pretty much a staple at every party I go to. They're just great games. Everyone loves nice. them. And uh, you really, we, you know what? That's one of the things we can actually play um, online, like if, through Discord. Like if you have the the PC version of the game, you could boot it up, use Discord, share your screen, and get like on Discord because I've done this before with, with friends, and pretty much use that shared screen as universal screen. Use your smartphone to put in the room code, and go in, and you could play Jackbox with people across the world. That's and crazy because I mean. I do have a Discord for the Playcast set up. Um, it's in the Hagen's Alley one. It's just it's a room in there. Uh, that could be something we could look into in the future after the holidays or during the holidays. Is just getting people to play some some Jackbox or something. It's a lot of fun. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, I was playing some online gaming on the Switch. 
uh, this week as well. So it's been super interesting. But that'll be during our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last time we didn't go over pickups. So I think, you know, since it's, you know, end of the year, uh, we should go over like the major stuff we've gotten in. Um, just to close out the the fiscal year, <laughs> not the full year of the Switch year three, because we still got months of that, months <laughs> of that. Um, so basically, one of the things that I got in, I've been getting in a lot of the limited stuff, which is cool. So aside from Time Spinner that I got in, which was my game of the year of uh, 2019, um, I also got in Rogue Legacy finally. Um, nice. I've had it on the Vita forever, so getting this was just because I enjoyed it, which is ironic because I'm not a big fan of roguelikes, but I think it's light enough, trying to basically enunciate like and light. Um, I think it's light enough to where you keep enough progression to where it's interesting for me as I play. Kind of like Ghost and Goblins style which is one of my bread and butter games I had as a kid on my NES was Ghost and Goblins. Um, so I think that's why I'm kind of drawn to it. But Rogue Legacy got that from Limited Run. Um, and then the third game I got in that iteration, because I have basically three iterations of game pickups over the last like couple weeks, um, busy. was a Tesla Grad, and I got the limited edition of Tesla Grad. Nice. Yeah, and I haven't dug into that. I've heard critical acclaim of Tesla Grad. Did you open it yet and see that cool little steel book kind of case to hold in the game? It's like a tin. Yes, I did. I, I guarantee you that gave people anxiety, the steel book collectors, because it's something different and it's really yep. cool. <laughs> yeah, I opened it up expecting it to be a steel book. I'm like, what's this? Oh, oh, this is so cool, though. I'll keep my game in it. Super cool. Yeah, I, I opened up everything, so yeah, absolutely opened it. Um, I don't keep anything sealed because nothing will be rare if we keep everything sealed, people. <laughs> well, they, they say that's the running joke is that it's it's harder to find an opened limited run game on eBay than it is to find a sealed one. Yeah, exactly. And it it's like it literally we're going to have no collector's market if everybody collects. So <laughs> I'm just going to enjoy and buy what I want. And there'll be a few things I'll have sealed just out of sheer necessity or just because I want and it it sealed and it it displays well or something. But um so yeah, that was my first iteration of limited stuff. Uh, then I got uh, two games that I picked up at GameStop. Um, they had the $12 sale for Darksiders 2. Um, nice. Yeah, so I got that and while I was there, I looked over and they actually had a copy of Helmut sitting there. So I picked up nah. Helmut. Um, I don't know if you played Helmut at all. Um, I popped it in. It's super fun, but it is definitely going to be one of those pick up and play randomly every once in a while type of games because it's like you could just not pay attention for a split second, all of a sudden lose your characters, and it takes minutes and minutes and minutes of or levels of progression to get your characters back. So basically, you have this little little guy that you you have that's a little underpowered turd that you're using as a twin stick shooter like Robotron or um, Berserk and okay. go through these levels that are all randomly generated seemingly. Um, not sure if they are or not, but it seems like that. And you choose these characters. So you got this little like rat or a mutt or 
uh, different types of characters that have upgraded weaponry. And if you take damage with them and lose your health, they go away and then you turn back into the little turd again. Um, little skull looking dude. Um, but he has like really bad weaponry. Well, the issue with that is that he's so underpowered, but you have to like earn back your characters. But his health is worse than the other guys. And as things are like seemingly randomly generated, you take unneeded damage. So like you kind of get stuck and then your guy's gone. Your character's gone, and all of a sudden, you got a little bit of invincibility, and you move out of the way. And so, to me, it's like I was the trek to get back to the cool characters was kind of off-putting to me. I don't know. I don't know. That makes sense. Not sold on it yet, but I'm also not good at it yet either. So, <clears throat> has an arcadey feel to it, and I love Robotron, and I love Berserk and Frenzy, and all those type of arcade games. So. I'll probably dig back in a little bit, and if it makes me angry, um, Tumble Seed style. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you've played Tumble Seed, but we, no, I, JP and I had a whole diatribe on that game because it just was not fun. And it was irritating how not fun it was. <laughs> um, and it was because of our own skills, by the way, not because of the game. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then, so the third iteration of games that I got in. Um, I got in Bubsy in the mail, um, and so that's the second Bubsy game fan that was released recently, which is like an endless runner. Um, haven't played it yet. Um, and then the the next one, which I feel like, even though it was on Limited Run Games' website, not released by them, I still feel like it's going to be a little bit under underlooked or overlooked, not underlooked, overlooked or underappreciated, and that's the Gunvolt Chronicles the Luminous yes. Avenger X. I'm, I'm so jealous that you got that in yet because I got the PS4 and, and Switch versions on the same order. And uh, the PS4 one isn't in yet, so I can't get the Switch one. Yeah, because like, to me, the Gunvolt series is amazing. It is. It's like Mega Man style, but like to the next level. Like up like not not Mega Man, but like next level, like the a logical progression of the formula. And I feel like this one is going to be a little bit under the radar, but maybe that's why they went with Limited Run as a distributor, just to get some eyes on it. But I haven't seen anybody talking about it. so I, I can't wait to play it. It's it's weird to me that I think we just have, I mean, and JP would say too, is there's too much out there. Yeah. And, and so it's like we even see stuff on Limited Run, and it's like, well, there's so much that just came out. There's... 20 games that came out this week and stuff's getting overlooked. Um, I, I still plan on going out and looking for the shovel Knight amiibos. Um, I have not done it yet. I just like the shovel Knight series. I want to support them. Um, I haven't, I already have the original shovel Knight amiibo, but I don't have, you know, I want to get the new ones. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't gotten the Treasure Trove physical, but I, I mean, I have it digitally, so I've been playing King of Cards a little bit. It's pretty damn fun. I'm terrible at the card game. Um, <laughs> horrible at it. Like, like what's weird is I went to a random character when I finally got to the card spot after they taught me how to play, and I went to like an advanced one, and I beat him. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. And then I go to the first little kid, and he destroyed me. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I just don't understand the basics of it. But I understand the the complex part when you start adding like sixteen squares and shit. It's so weird. 
So weird. I think I got lucky the first time. Uh, <laughs> but the platforming is awesome. His unique abilities, he basically does a Wario-style shoulder tackle. And then after he does the tackle, can bounce and spin off and jump off things. So uh, very unique and limited. And then the levels are shorter. So it's actually a lot more preferable for me. That is cool. Yeah, I I, I can't wait to play that. Um, the... Uh king of cards did you play the other uh, shovel knight all the other ones um so i played and beat the original shovel knight i only played specter of torment and what was the other one um um it was um plague of shadows yeah it's plague of shadows the plague knight yeah um i i played both of those but not beyond like a like a level or two um, so I was waiting for this whole treasure trove to come out, so that way I just play it all. Um, I did play the, I played through the arcade mode of the fighting game too, and that's really awesome. Showdown. Actually. Yeah, it's so good. I played as the, um, the Black Knight or whatever. Um, nice. I, yeah, and I played through as him, and there's a whole story behind each character you play as. You unlock new characters every time you play through too. So unlock some random dude, which I don't even know where he's from. <laughs> but from one of the games as a boss probably or something and he's not one of the order of no quarter um so so what else have you gotten in um so unlike you i did get the physical shovel knight treasure trove in nice um came in a little late from best buy but it came in as well as the shovel knight amiibos the three pack and the golden shovel knight so outside of i think all that's left are the smash amiibos coming next year and then just amiibo might be done um, <laughs> i kind of scaled that back i was trying to get every smash one for a while but then they keep kept on releasing like all the fire emblem characters and stuff that i was like eh, i already have like seven fire emblem characters i don't need 10 of them i've got them all yeah i went for every amiibo ever released and i accomplished that including the um there's ones that were only released in japan oh you got from, some of those the baseball games yeah uh and uh yeah i got all those but the uh, so I got those. I did get my uh, my Torok one and two from Limited Run, the ones in the the little slipcase, the combo pack. Oh, nice! Um, to go with the uh, the Best Buy equivalents, I got uh, my Final Fantasy seven VII and eight. Uh, finally came in from Asia, and uh, I got Black Said, um, which actually came Black Said came in a really interesting box. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I have not. It it has a slip cover. But it's more than just a slipcover. It's got a little uh, thing in front of it. So when you look at it, the logo is like 3D popping hologram of the character walking forward away from the rest of the game. Uh, so it's the cover, but in like a 3D hologram. But it's all slipcover, you know, around the actual Switch game. Looks really badass. I just Googled it, and there's like no pictures <clears> that really <throat> show that off. That sounds cool. It it. It surprised me when I pulled it out. I'm like, "What? What is this?" And then I looked at it. I'm like, "That looks, that looks truly amazing." Um, I'm actually gonna gonna send you a little picture of it just so you can see it. Yeah, because it it is awesome. And if you haven't seen it, you really should uh, just check that out. Um, I like when companies do unique um, aspects like that to to kind of go above and beyond and say, "Hey, like you said, there's so much coming out." Like something to take notice look at my game 
look at my game. Take a look at it. That, that um, looks cool. Yeah, it's almost like lenticular. Almost. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is lenticular, but it's also like has a 3D effect. Nice. I was actually looking into that for the um, the complete Virtual Boy book, putting a, a 3D hologram to make it like do that, and it was super expensive. Like, I was not printing enough. <laughs> so I don't know if this is like only going to be the initial release or not, but if that's something that interests you and you like things like that, I would definitely pick up this initial release because yeah. who knows if the reprint will will contain that. <laughs> so what else did you pick up? Um, that's all I picked up for the Switch, I think. I did did get some more, like, 360 and, and PS3 games from GameStop. Uh, of course, I also got a bunch of stuff from GameStop that I have to return because they either sent me the wrong game or they sent me disc-only stuff because power to the players with GameStop.com. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, my wife actually went to, uh, she was in Tennessee to visit her family, and they have a little local game store there, um, and uh, they've changed owners since we were last there. But she went in, and I sent her with the mission of, "Hey, we're you know we're slowly working on GameCube and Dreamcast. You know, yeah, what, we'll find out what they have, and and Sega CD as well." She found some stuff. <laughs> and we were talking. We were talking yesterday, or, or yesterday, the 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 last podcast last week. We were talking about you know some scummy things. Well, this was an interesting interaction that my poor wife had to deal with because Uh-oh. I wasn't there. I was on the phone with her, uh, and they, they, you know, she brought up here's all the games with the prices and all that, and they're like, "Oh, well, since we just rebought this game, th- those are the old prices. We didn't go through and reprice everything." What? And I'm like, "What? Like, hold on." Like, but the odds are that they're lower than, than than what that's on here. I'm like, "Okay, but then it's fine." So this guy. Is going through, and he's like, lower, 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 lower. Like, so, okay, cool. I, I'm liking where this is going. And then we hit upon a game. Are you ready for this? Jeopardy on the Sega CD. Like, yeah. talk about talk about must-have games here. We're talking Jeopardy. Um, they had a price that's 6 bucks. He looks it up and goes, oh, well, it goes for 12 but in this the case is in shitty condition, like really, really bad condition, like most Sega CD cases. Um, I'll give it to you for 8 Oh, And I was like, what what store doesn't honor the sticker price that's there? That's and, and, weird. And I I told my wife I said that don't I you better not buy that at eight like just out of principle. And she's like she's she told him she's like but it says six. He responded well I'll give this to you for six but then I'm going to give you the sticker price and everything else and I already lowered everything else for you oh, so you pay more on this. I'm like that's scummy. I told her I said walk out. I said, just walk out. I said, whatever those games are, it's not worth it on principle. And she told him, she's like, I'm just gonna leave. And and he's like, Rah! and he threw up his hands and he told his other coworker to to work on it. And the other coworker like apologized profusely and <laughs> and and made everything right. But it's like, wow, man. Like I feel bad that my wife had to deal with that, but that's not the way you run a business. Over two bucks, we're talking yeah. two dollar difference on Jeopardy on the Sega CD. Not like a Mario game that will sell to the next customer. That Jeopardy might have been sitting there. For for a long for time. years until you know, somebody so comes like, in that needs it. Really, you're gonna you're gonna pick a fight over two dollars for for Jeopardy? Like, oh my god! Like, there's there's such a thing as picking your battles and hills to die on, and this is certainly not one of them. So, and, well, and it was, it's it was, like the the buyer should always be right. Like, if you're running a brick and mortar, <laughs> like you're going against eBay and stuff, you might as well just give them the best price possible so if the games are cheaper great if the games are more well you get sticker price like that's how it works 
Yeah, and exactly. And if it didn't have a sticker and that was it and he says, look, it goes for 12 I'll give it to you for 8 Cool, you're doing us a good deal. But when you have a sticker that says five ninety nine, and you didn't want to take the time and energy to price everything out you're again, then, then, then that's on you. And I understand it's a lot of work. Um, and I understand it's how I'm going to look it up when, when people have it. But you, you get that case, you have to prepare to lose a little money, so to speak, on what it's worth. And again, if, if he said, oh, this game is worth $300, I can't give it to you for 6 I would be okay with that. Well, my but, other thing is, is I don't like when stores don't price their stuff too. I, I agree. I hate that. Yeah. So it's it's a give or take because as a brick and mortar, like you have to continually reprice your stuff. And like if anything, what I would do if I ran a brick and mortar store is I would probably have a Funko Land style price guide. So I would have like a little Excel spreadsheet just printed out every day and be like, all right, here's the prices. Um, so that way you can look it up. It wouldn't be on every game because that's ridiculous. But it would literally be set out at the, at the counter every day. We'll see. What I would do is I would I would price it out, and I wouldn't do it every day because no, depending not, on your not every day. No. But I would tell people I would say, look, the price is what it is, and when you when you purchase it, I'm gonna I'm just gonna double check the price, and I'm gonna double check the price, and if it's gone up, you're gonna get it at the sticker price, and if it's gone down, I'm gonna give you a deal. Yeah. Um, and then you and pay this, for your own laziness if you don't want to <laughs> do it, and all of a sudden the game becomes a thousand dollar game. Like they win. Um, well, again, and I would be understanding in a case like that. Like if the game was, you know, like if suddenly I had stadium events for fifty nine cents, like Kunkaland used to have, and now suddenly I realized what it was. Like, all right, that you have to give and take. You have to be reasonable. Um, and 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 I would be, like I said, if it was like a three four hundred dollar game. Um, Absolutely, it would be like, all right, you know what? We tried to catch him slipping. We didn't. Yeah. Um, I don't want it for three, four hundred dollars, so put it back. <laughs> but when you're talking a difference of two dollars, and we were buying a lot. I mean, my my wife wound up, you know, buying according to them, one hundred and seventy-five dollars worth of games. So she was ready to walk out. So they were going to lose a hundred and seventy-five dollars sale over two dollars, which is stupid. Um, so thankfully, they didn't. They actually wound up giving it to us for like one twenty-five. <laughs> like as a thank you, like like I don't feel like pricing the rest of these. How about I just give it to you for one twenty five and knock fifty bucks off? I'm like, and I told her I said, yeah, that's that's fine, um, especially because it's right there. But so it's it's funny. It went like one one employee was was a stiffier over two dollars, and the other guy's like, here, take fifty dollars off. So <laughs> yeah. so who knows? It's personality um, based too. It totally is. But yeah, that's that's about it that I got in terms of pickups over the last week. Mm. Had a needy uh, puppy out there whining, and I had to go grab real fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I got mine that came down, and I'm expecting her to start barking because she wants up on the, the futon, even though she's perfectly capable of jumping herself. She's well, spoiled I had, rotten. I had the door shut, and she was out there whining, so I had to run and grab her. Does she paw at the door like mine does? Like, yep. scratching it, like, let yeah. me in. Yeah, my wife went to work, so <laughs> I could literally... Hilarious. Um, So... I don't know. We never did talk about the new Switch Online games, did we? Um, no, actually, I don't think we did. I don't talk think about we did. So I would, I would say it's good to talk about them because there's some good ones. Um, yes. On NES, we got Journey to Silius, which is kind of a little bit of a hidden gem that nobody really talks about. Um, and then Crystallis, which I absolutely love. I have it CIB in my best of NES wall. Um, I don't know if you played Crystallis. I played a little bit of it on my NES, and I remember when it got re-released. I believe it was the Game Boy Color, yeah. And I planned to get it, and I just I didn't. I was in high school, and 
I never went back and finished it. Yeah, I, I just like that it's a Zelda-like um, yep. with a little bit of RPG mechanics, even though it's kind of like not shown when you level up, like where the next HP or XP, EXP is at. Like you basically have to keep killing enemies and then all of a sudden randomly you level up. It doesn't have like a number counter. Um, but it's still really fun to play through and upgrade your sword power and everything. Um, so that's cool that that's there. Um, and then Super Nintendo, we got Breath of Fire 3. Amazing. Two. Or Breath of Fire 7. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Breath of Fire 2. Um, Star Fox 2, which was originally just Super Nintendo Mini exclusive. Um, Kirby Superstar, which is another excellent game. And then, of course, my favorite, Super Punch-Out. <laughs> it's amazing that we live in a world now where Star Fox 2 has been officially released twice. Twice. Uh, <laughs> and and before it was just a canceled vaporware, never going to see it. Although now now the Super Nintendo Mini obviously loses a little bit of its uh, notoriety because its one exclusive is now no longer exclusive. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, at this point, Nintendo has nothing to lose when it comes to the Super Nintendo Mini because it's already sold out multiple times. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's awesome in its own right. It can be hacked and put every Super Nintendo game on it. So it's... um. It's definitely one of those things where now the Switch Online has another cool piece to it. Um, I do like that you can do watch mode on the the Switch Online now. Um, They added that when they added Super Nintendo. And that's pretty cool. Instead of just playing together, Like I could literally watch a speedrunner play Super Metroid or something. Which... That to me is is pretty cool. I still um I I need to play some Super Punch Out to see if the timing is is correct because Mike Tyson's Punch Out is pretty close. Well, actually Punch Out because they didn't get the Tyson license. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to play because I mean the reason why I love Super Punch Out is I have a world record versus Gabby J. So <laughs> classics. Yeah, Super Punch Out is, is great. Kirby Superstar is great. Like the, the whole lineup is great. Breath of Fire mm-hmm. two, oh. two, not three, is, is an amazing RPG. Seven. Um, honestly, I like I like that they gave us a, a grouping of NES and SNES, and I'm glad they gave us. They, I, don't, I don't feel any of these are really filler titles. These are good titles. I kind of wish we got them a little more frequently um, since they've changed up their distribution. Yeah, but at least we got something before the end of the year. Well, and I haven't checked like in the last day or two, but um, I don't know if they're released yet as of this yes, recording. They, they are, are now because like a day or two ago they were not. Um, they are definitely released. Awesome. So I'm going to have to definitely start playing some Super Punch-Out now, finally. Um, so let's move over to the Game Awards. Yes. Um, and then the lack thereof Nintendo presence. It was, it was really interesting because I know you were saying, like, oh, yeah, we're definitely <clears throat> going to see the newest Smash reveal. Or uh, Everyone felt that way. It seemed logical. Nah. It, like It just seemed logical. They, they announced the first one there. They they yeah. had it lined up. Smash was up for game of the year. I mean, you can't get more of a perfect time to with the world stage. I mean, you want to bring notoriety to your game, your game of the year. Like people watch the game awards that don't normally follow Nintendo Directs and stuff like that too. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Um, the one of the coolest things is the orchestra they do for game of the year. Yes, and they threw in that some was Smash cute. in there. That's always cool. Um, there's really only four things I'm really interested really interested in and 
from the Game Awards. Uh, I just watched the synopsis. I did not watch them because it's a oh, long, it's a long slog of advertisements. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It was fun though. We we did uh, on on Nintendo Fuse Discord. We did a watch party yeah. where we had some people talking in Discord, but we also had some of us on voice. Yeah, um, I definitely am not interested in doing any of that. <laughs> it was just it was too much of a slog, and uh, so. The main thing is, is there was two major Nintendo announcements. Besides for having Reggie come out, um, you know, awesome. f- former Prez came out and was talking about indie developers and how important they are to the future of the industry, um, which is cool. Which maybe they just didn't want to overshadow Reggie Nintendo, which would be so weird. Um, stifle yourself as a company because of your former president. Um, but Bravely Default Two was announced. Um, not Bravely Second, but Bravely Default Two. Um, so that's interesting. It always has that kiddish look to it. Um, it's, I, I not, I don't know if I'm a much of a fan of the graphical style now after having three or two games before this with the style. I don't know if you played a lot of it, the original. I love it. Oh, I love it. It's, it's RPG goodness. It's classic style JRPG. It's just, I don't know if I like the graphical style of the characters. That's my only thing, and that's the <clears throat> charm of the game, though. I I absolutely do not mind the the look of the characters because it is part of the charm. What gets me, and this this the more information I hear about this, the more upset I get about it. I'm a huge Bravely fan, and I jumped up when they announced Bravely Second or Bravely Default Two, um, but that really confused me. I was expecting them to say Bravely Third. Turns out yeah. Square is trying to turn this series into Final Fantasy, where Final Fantasy 2 is its own thing versus Final Fantasy 1, and Final Fantasy 3 is its own again. And every numbered game is its own story. Gotcha. And Bravely Second is more like Final Fantasy 10-2 or 13-2 or the After Years kind of deal. And that's huh. fine, except one big thing. When you beat Bravely Default, it leaves a teaser trailer to tease into the next game, the next part of the story. Mm-hmm. And that's 100% paid off in Bravely Second. Bravely Second ends off with the teaser and a lead-in to the third. But now they're just a whole new world. We're just, you know, starting Maybe over. Maybe off of Bravely thing. Third as well. Who knows? <sighs> the, the fact is that they left us hanging. And could they still make a Bravely Third? Of course. Yeah. But this would have been a great opportunity before going Bravely Default 2 to do a Bravely Default 1 and uh, Bravely Second combo pack for the switch release bravely third and finish that story and then do a bravely default two afterwards yeah see yeah it's interesting and then there'll be the chronologically confused people <laughs> that yeah. just won't understand how to follow the series because they did the final fantasy thing and yeah. have multiple well, games in the series <clears throat> each each one See, the thing is, if someone says, oh, I'm interested in Bravely Default 2, you kind of have to ask, do you mean Bravely Default 2 or Bravely Second? But if they say, oh, I'm interested in the sequel to Bravely Default, then really the only answer is Bravely Second, because this isn't going to be a sequel. (laughs) That's so confusing. I love it. (laughs) I know. And then um, the other Switch exclusive um, was, the to me, the big reveal of the Game Awards for Nintendo, which is No More Heroes 3. Um 
which is literally just a giant alien story that looked like nothing, like it had nothing to do with No More Heroes, and it looked like almost like a Studio Ghibli. Yes. Um, it looked like that kind of animation where I'm watching it, and I'm like, wow. And I mean, I'm watching the trailer, so I already know what it is. But it's like, I'm like, man, this looks way awesome. weird. And then all of a sudden. got the fun of it. Huh? See, watching it live, I was we were like, "Is this Nino Kuni or something?" Like, you know, yeah. coming to this, like we had no idea. See, that's where it makes it cooler to watch that live. <laughs> but like watching that many, that much content for that one moment, it's like <laughs> eh, I don't know if the payoff's worth it. Um, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what they do with the gameplay mechanics because obviously this is just a, a trailer, and I love the No More Heroes games. Let's hope that they like Suda does the the right thing and gives us one and two on the Switch as well. Because um, yes. we already have Travis Strikes Back, which is I still haven't bought in that actually. Um, I beat it, but it's, it looks it's awesome. interesting. Looks awesome. Um, but yeah, so I mean that series is just perfect for the the Switch as an exclusive. I don't even know if it's gonna be an exclusive. It looks like I think the um, I think it. I think three is an exclusive. Yeah. The only one that wasn't was one got a PS3 re-release. Yeah, exactly. And well, one I pretty sure. That it was like a combination of one and two on the PS3 release. Like was I think, it? I thought it was I just one. Thought that they put the content of two onto it and made it like a, a ultimate edition or a. You could be right. I, I think so. I, I I didn't buy it. Like that's the struggle. The, I think is what. Yeah, I was exactly. And I I think it had. I I don't <clears> think <throat> it had the full two. I think it just had the missions, the fighting from two in one or something, and. I, I mean, I do have to say that I did not like the mini games of the original, like mowing the grass and crap, versus all the retro style games in two was like amazing. So, I think they they're hitting their stride. It'd be interesting to see what they do for the the bonus games and stuff. Desperate Struggle was the second game. Yeah. Um. What was the What was it yeah, called? No more heroes. Oh, uh, Heroes Paradise is what they called it. Yeah, and. It had something to do with like the the missions from two or the story parts from two or it's to me it's its own game at that point if it has that in there in a different way um, um i don't there's some there's some differences mm-hmm. uh, five extra bosses from no more heroes 2 are available to fight at certain points in the game there you go so that's something from two so it has yeah. it's a little bit of a a middle piece um so for non-switch uh, stuff that I was interested in. Obviously, Final Fantasy VII Remake, new trailer, awesome. Um, can't wait for that game. The game can't come quick enough, and hopefully we're graced with a Switch port eventually. Um, although it won't be nearly as pretty um, on the Switch if it comes over. And another game that did get a Switch that has a sequel that was announced was the new Ori game, which I don't know if you're interested in Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah. I, I still have yet to play it, but I'm yeah. very interested. I mean, I've played it on multiple iterations. I think I have two versions on the Xbox One of the definitive editions and all that craziness. And I have the Switch version. Like, it's just so good. And so Will of the Wisps or whatever they're calling the new one um, should be awesome. Just another excellent iteration. It's Metroidvania, but more linear. So it's pretty cool with the linear progression. Um, what else were you interested in, though, from the uh, the Game Awards? Um, I like the new uh, trailer for the DLC for Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three. Okay. Um, the Rise of the Phoenix. Um, it's a game I need to go back and finish, but I had a lot of fun playing it, and 
And yeah, it's just great to see X-Men characters incorporated with the rest of Marvel <laughs> after so many years of them kind of being shunned. Um, Ori did absolutely look great. Um, there were there were some games that were just weird. A lot of League of Legends um, spin-off games that I have no interest in. It just seemed like there was more than I thought. And, uh, and Magic. There's a Magic Online MMO coming out out of nowhere that that looks actually interesting. A, a longtime Magic fan. Yeah, um, like a lot of and, that stuff I saw, like trailers, and I didn't even watch them. Like especially a lot of like the AAA releases. Like I didn't even watch this the trailers because I'm like, eh, I'll figure it out later. Like <laughs> we got to see our first PS5 game. Yeah, which was kind of like, oh, I see, we're we're doing this here. Okay, let's go for it. Um, uh, Reggie, of course was awesome um i'm not not exactly the fan of some of the awards that they were given i think they picked the wrong winners yeah um the biggest one i have a problem with was best ongoing game went to Fortnite, which i really can't agree with they they blew up the island and they're, they're putting a season two how does that defeat a 50 plus hour epic rpg expansion with a ton of extra content like to me that a new island doesn't doesn't even come in the same realm and new costumes like like we have star wars costumes best ongoing no that no that's <laughs> that shouldn't win best ongoing game i think though even in fact they even did like a twitter thing during it they're like we asked twitter who do you think should win and final fantasy 14 is who twitter said yeah they should win and like <laughs> all right and the award goes to fortnite yay and yay like, no. oh, oh man i was mad and so many people were mad about that that is that's wrong um for, and i was saying fortnite's not a good game but it's in order to be best ongoing game i think in that particular year and it's best ongoing game of 2019 you have to really reinvent yourself in a whole new way and yeah they did season two but did you really reinvent the game like an mmo expansion does no no, no it's not on the same level at all uh, you know, uh, you, you take a battle royale versus an MMO. An MMO is obviously more uh, invested. Like if it was a WoW expansion, WoW probably would have won. And you know what? WoW should have won in that case um, if there was an expansion and there was no other, you know, MMO expansion. But I, I don't think Fortnite should have won that. That was the biggest upset. Um, I'm glad Death Stranding didn't win all nine awards that it was up for. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was a little much, but it didn't. And and it, it won a fair amount. It won, I think, three. Um, which is fine. Um, I'm not saying the game doesn't deserve awards, but I, I think there was a little bit of favoritism with how many it was nominated for. Yeah. Uh, with such polarizing opinions on on the review I scale. Mean, to me, it shows like just the lack of, I don't know, the lack of Switch presence to me is just shows that they're missing a whole category of gamer that... Yep. That they're just not capturing the whole Death Stranding getting nine <laughs> nominations is like okay, well, there's a lot of excellent games. I mean, we literally have a whole episode on the best games of 2019, and yep. none of those were nominated for shit that I could see. Well, uh, Luigi's Mansion Three won Best Family Game. Yeah, outside uh, of Lu- Luigi's Mansion Three, Link's Awakening lost getting Best Art Direction, which that one should have had too. That but, was a really. But how game. lost is the, whoever's voting on this? for the Game Awards, that Luigi's Mansion 3 is the best family game, yet has probably one of the the least interesting <laughs> multiplayer experiences. It's a single-player experience for, for the, fam- and, for and, the and family, Mario, everyone. Mario Maker 2 is up for that, too. 
Yeah. And it's like, but it's like you know what? For family. It's like, no, not just because it's Nintendo. Is it for kids? Like, like mo- Ring Fit Adventure was up for that, too. You know what I mean, though? It's just like Nintendo, yeah. family category. Throw them over there. Appease their fans. And it's like, no, that's not quite uh, the same thing. They're, they're not even taking the Switch seriously still as the gaming industry, which is pretty funny to me. It just, it just shows, like, we love the Switch. People who are listening to this right now love the Switch. <clears throat> I think the Switch is a great, great system. But could you imagine, just for a second... Uh, a follow-up, a Switch 2 that, that not only has portability, even if it's it's going to be more expensive, of course, but portability and the graphical power and fidelity of the Xbox X and the PS5. All those games, if you look at the Game of the Year nomination, there were six nominations. Sony was able to tout five out of six nominations are on our system, play on PS5. Xbox can go, hey, four out of six are on a system playing Xbox One, and Nintendo's like one out of six is on ours. Like, yeah. like, could you imagine having all six of six, or in this case, five of six, because one is a Sony exclusive? Nintendo going, hey, five of six are on ours too, so play on the Switch, and you can play those five games portably where you can't on the other systems. Like, Switch is selling like hotcakes now, and yeah, I'm sure a lot of it is also the price. And I'm sure a lot of it is because people already have a PS4 or an Xbox One that want them at this point. Yeah. But if they just wanted to compete just a little more, they could have the best of both worlds and truly dominate like they used to. Yeah, I don't... Nintendo's never been interested in competing versus all the other companies. Um, Sometimes to their detriment because of the Wii. Um, the time they tried was the GameCube era, and they got squished because of <laughs> they got squashed. Well, they did with the NES, the SNES, and the N64 as well. No, they got squashed at the GameCube though. <laughs> the N64 was their inability to upgrade with the tech and go to disc-based systems, so Final Fantasy moved, and that was a a, a big big blow to Nintendo. Um, they were they were burned because they were trying to compete, and they. They screwed up their deal with Sony and Philips, which is miraculous that they screwed up a deal with two companies. And and but they also actually... their third party um, requirements from the NES era and not upgrading again. Nintendo doing yep. their own thing um, pushed people to other consoles because it's like, well, you can only release one game a year, <clears> Konami. <throat> well, I'm going to create Ultra then, and well, they've done that way. That's if how... you look at every platform they've done. <clears throat> every single one they had some kind of proprietary measure in effect the mm-hmm. nes had the the lockout chip uh snes i think had some other type of regional chip n64 stayed with cartridges instead of moving to disc gamecube used the mini discs because of piracy and with we gamecube what? though they had the most arguably the most powerful console of that generation and third parties still didn't support it because of the lack of third parties supported the gamecube no. not all of it but a lot of it did look the at the gamecube this. library compared to the ps2 how many games there are <clears throat> it's well, hold on. laughable hold. You ha- what you support. have to do is you have to look at the gamecube and the xbox library and here's why the ps2 is an anomaly for multiple mm-hmm. reasons one, it launched earlier. So you have games that came out before the GameCube even launched. launched That's later. one. Two, Sony built up a lot of partnerships during the PlayStation era. So a lot of them carried over to the PS2 because where Nintendo the, lost those partnerships. Nintendo, yeah. Three, even after the PS2 was quote-unquote dead, 
it still got games for years because of the Wii and the PSP because they were made games for the Wii or the PSP and were able to just port them over to the PS2 to extend its life. So the PS2 wound up going to like 2009. <clears throat> so obviously the, the the GameCube died in 2006, 2005? Long time ago. I mean, the yeah, thing is, is that to me the GameCube was Nintendo's last time they truly wanted to even compete at a technical level. And they did. They had the specs, they had everything, and they weren't the top because of the anomaly. And then after that, they're like, we're going to do fun stuff. And then they did their own thing. And that's why like, they have this reputation and the game industry doesn't really take them seriously over the last 10 years is because right. well, of that. Well, even if you continue, the Wii was definitely its own beast. Motion controls and, and not yeah, using, not even using DVDs, the gimmick. The Wii U could have gimmick. said, all right, we're going to use Blu-ray. Not only did it use gimmick, but it used its own special type of disc that was not a Blu-ray. So that, that made it harder for people to port over. And they called and now, it course, Wii again. X, yeah. Xbox and obvi- obvi- obviously the Switch uses the carts, um, which is fine because it's portable. Um, no, the problem the, is the switch it, with the carts was purposely to get the collectors excited, and it worked. <laughs> well, here's the other thing: even with the switch with the carts, they offer multiple different cart sizes, but companies are doing the cheaper route instead of putting it all on disc. And I think Nintendo should should say no. If your game is this high, you need to make it go into a full disc. It all has to be on, on the card. It has to be the higher I wish they card. would do that. Please. I wish they would do that so badly. <laughs> and the thing is, is that I think Nintendo moving back from disc media is smart for the main thing, besides for, you know, the collectors, is that the cards are cheaper than they used to be, so the tech is actually affordable to the point where it's almost on par with these newer high capacity discs the old disc were dime a dozen um really cheap these newer capacity ones require a little more burn time or something there's some excuse they use to make them more expensive um they're still discs but i think that it's cheap enough now and cool enough and small enough to um to be feasible and that's why it's like the switch is what it is but again, though, the game industry just does not take Nintendo seriously. And they're just not trying to compete um, at a technical level. I would love for you to get your wish and they do a Switch Pro and it ends up supporting PS5 and XX um, graphical capabilities. But I don't you see know what? it happening. It, it, here's another thing that could technically happen. is We, we have a new change in, in leadership. If you really think about it, the Switch was birthed under Awada and was was championed under Reggie. <clears throat> now, we have a new president of Nintendo of Japan and we have a new president of Nintendo of America. Evil-ass so, Bowser. So the next system very well could be different. That's true. Um, I hope that it's not be- non-backward compatible different. I hope that it's an... <clears throat> I, I oh, really yeah. would love for it to be an iterative release. Um, as much as I hate that Sony and Microsoft both did an iterative release with the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro, um, the Switch could absolutely use it to stay relevant when with the change of console generations that's coming. Um, <coughs> or they just go Switch too. 
because with the switch they apps they did that um as they started they're the first one of the new generation but they're still very anchored in the current generation of PS4 and Xbox One. They're they're very anchored into it because they can port over games with some fancy programming. So the issue is is that when the next generation kicks off, and I thought we were done with generations, honestly. I I didn't think that we were going to see another generation because it's literally just upgrading specs in a PC at this point. Um, And it just shows you that the console gamers are hungry for new stuff. Um, but I mean, if it's switch to, if it's not backward compatible, it's going to alienate a lot of people, especially if they're doing it as quickly as year three, um, as an announcement, um, cause they should at least, they, they still have another few <coughs> years left in the, in the yeah. switch. I don't think it's going to alienate people if it's backwards compatible. And if they, if they plan for a holiday 2021 release, then you're looking at almost five years. And if you think about it, the Wii U launched at virtually holiday what 2012 and the switch launched march 2017 but the wii u is a so, failure so that's a commercial failure like nobody doesn't did. matter what i'm saying is it's, it's nintendo is known for doing five-year life cycles yeah the yeah. nes was an exception but the snes was a five-year life cycle the n64 five years gamecube five years Wii was just a little bit over five years yeah and like Sega was six years, and the Wii U was five years, you know, just a little under five years. So they are absolutely known for doing five-year life cycles. So it wouldn't be unprecedented for them to do a four-and-a-half-year cycle with full backwards compatibility. I mean, and I know this is coming from you being the completionist collector. You just want an end in sight. Um, <laughs> and I say, no, never. We switch needs to go, so I don't need to collect any more newer Nintendo stuff. It just continues to build. <laughs> JP's thinking the same thing. He's like, "Yes, it needs to end. Please end." End. <laughs> end my misery. All you, all you crazies that started completionist collecting from day one want it to want it to progress on, so you can have a definitive stopping point. <laughs> spare us, please, Lord, spare us. Oh, I see, I see where you're going here, Barry. I see where you're going here. No time. No, I, I, I think I th- honestly, I think that would be the smartest thing for them to do. Because on truth be told, whoever they quote-unquote burn like whoever feels burned it's going to be a smaller number than those that will be like oh wow nintendo's competing now i can get final fantasy 7 remake portably looking fantastic now i could get games like control and uh setsuro and all this like portable and and looking fantastic at the same time as getting my mario games now i have an interest in doing it especially because as these gamers uh get older and older they're going to have less time to sit in front of a TV and they're going to appreciate, you know, now they've got a baby. Now they've got to rock the baby. Now they've got to sit with the baby. Well, they can't sit on their big couch on their big, by their big screen TV while walking the baby. But hey, you know what? I can play portably while sitting next to the crib, uh, you know, or the rocker. And they're a different stage of life. So I think if they pull, whatever they burn, they're going to pull in more than they burn. And I think those that they quote unquote burn or feel burned will be back. Because yeah. the next Mario Zelda will come, and they'll be like, oh, "I got to get it now." Yeah, and I mean, maybe if you if you have your wish, uh, <laughs> maybe Breath of the Wild Two will be the swan song for the Switch into the Switch Two. Who knows? Um, Who knows? 
I mean, in all honesty, if, if they're going to go what your assessment is, is it might be a cross-release. It'll take advantage of the newer tech and also be compatible with the Switch. Oh, it has to um, be. It has to be backwards compatible. Yeah. And so that'll be the interesting thing <coughs> because I think we are going to feel a lot of alienation as a Switch owner um, with the new generation if they don't upgrade the tech because we're going to be missing out on the Final Fantasy VII remakes and we're going to be inclined to support another console because we really mm-hmm. want to play the next Final Fantasy VII or the next big, big game. <clears throat> yeah. And and another thing is when, when usually you have a more powerful system, it can play the older games better. They upscale kind of deal. And like games like Witcher 3, which run on the Switch, but don't run like the PS4 version, now it could be, hey, now it looks more like the PS4 version on the go. Like it performs better. Kind of like how if you play, I think it was like Hyrule Warriors Legends on the original 3DS, it looks like it, it plays like garbage. But if you play <laughs> in a new 3DS, it actually plays better. Does because it look it better? Takes advantage. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, because it takes yeah. advantage of that, the more power. But by the way, um, I do feel like, and I'm pro- I might be in the minority, but I do feel like the 3DS is going to be the N64 of portables, where it's not going to hold up too well graphically. Um, I've been playing some stuff, and like it just doesn't look that crisp. I don't know if I'm just spoiled by the Switch now, probably. But like, man, it's just it reminds me of like, I feel like when I play 64 now and it's like mm, these games just don't hold up to where I want. And I got to use the um, game shark to or action replay on the switch on the on that switch, the uh, 64 to turn off anti-aliasing. So it looks better. Um, and it's like I feel like that's going to be the, the 3DS. The DS actually surprisingly looks pretty good when you're playing it on the smaller screen. If you try to blow it up on the emulator, it looks like garbage. I think it depends on if you're playing a, a 3D game on the 3DS. Like a, like a 3D polygonal game versus a 2D game. Yeah, true. Very true. Like I, like any kind of 2D is going to look excellent. Like Gradient um, Historia on the 3DS looks amazing to this day. Still, okay. and it's going to continue. Nice. It's I, I'm thinking of more like your what you just mentioned, Hyrule Warriors or stuff like yeah. that. It's just uh, <clears throat> oh, the, yeah. the, was it the Captain Toad? Didn't they put one on the 3ds? Yep. Captain Toad. It just doesn't yes. look good. Like so, it's it's probably the 3D polygonal stuff is probably what we're talking about then. But I I just don't. I think it's gonna be a a bad look going backward. <sighs> well, if the fun's there. It's still worth it. Sure. Very true. Um, so should we talk uh, Indie Spotlight? Yeah, let's go Indie Spotlight. Okay, so um, I thought the Indie Spotlight was awesome. Um, obviously, the the huge, huge reveal of having Sports Story is... <laughs> um, now, actually, Sports Story looks awesome. Se- Does look good. Sequel to Golf Story, but more sports in there. Because, I mean, Golf Story had disc golf, too. So it had two different sports in it. Um, but having tennis and like baseball home run derby and just like a bunch of little mini games with the character and um humor of that whole world i think it's going to be perfect hopefully we get a physical release limited run games um <laughs> most likely we will yeah usually limited run will release a f- sequel to a game they've done usually if, if they have a working relationship with the developer um 
but yeah, that's that game was the first one was so awesome. Played through a ton of it. I don't think I ever beat it, um, but it wasn't like I I just stopped playing and played something else. Probably because of the playcast. It's usually my <laughs> my crutch. Um, my crutch, my excuse. Um, so I mentioned I played a game online. So uh, Dauntless was available right after the indie spotlight, and so I downloaded it. It took forever to download, and I came back to it like the next uh, hour, a few hours later, or whatever, and. Um, basically it's online monster, uh, is it monster world? Monster Monster world, monster hunter world. It's basically online monster hunter world. Um, and I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, apparently I'm decent at it because as you progress through past the initial levels, you continually upgrade your, your stuff following quests, but, I got to one where I was over my head, uh, where because it, it says here's your level, here's your recommended level, and I was at like 180. Recommended was 200, and I was like, oh well, I've been kind of being pulled along by the other players a little bit because I felt like I wasn't that good <coughs> at it. And I go into this next one, and I'm the one that was carrying everybody because nobody was dodging correctly and doing all this stuff. <laughs> and I, I, we and we ended up beating the the giant monster. But I was like, I was like, I got my team got like a because they do like S plus plus ranking was all yeah. the teams I was in, and I got an E for the team, but I got a B or an A, and I'm like, oh, so I must have been the one carrying this team at this point because I had to keep reviving them and like it was crazy. They were getting murked. <clears throat> but was it fun? Oh, it was really fun to me. And the fact is, is that you could play online with friends. So like we can all do a switch mania. Is there any offline or is it only? Um, as far as I'm tracking, it's only online. It's kind of reminded me a lot of um, all the different games on Xbox and PS4 where it's only online. What's the um? What's the game that had a Destiny? Remind me of Destiny. Destiny. Yeah, like, <coughs> but obviously it's Monster Hunter Destiny. But um, <laughs> but it reminded me of Destiny with the uh the hub world is what reminded me of it where you have. Multiple people running around in real time. Um, my internet here sucks, and it and I didn't have that many issues with it. Like oh, playing, I'm gonna online. have to download this. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, if you do, we'll we'll set up in a raid party or something. And for me, I think you do need to go back and play a few of the older missions a bunch just to increase your level slightly, so you can be competitive. Um, so I'll absolutely go back and play some of the older levels. Um, I finally unlocked the guns because I want to. I wanted to play this being ranged, but you don't unlock the ranged weapons until like a few hours in. So I'm now going to be have the ranged guns, <laughs> so I can sit back and just shoot at guys and not take damage and <laughs> just dodge. <laughs> That's what I want to do. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I would say I, I absolutely recommend it, uh, and it's free. So where yeah. you can where they make their money is people want to be lazy and buy things or want cosmetic upgrades and buy things and that's where it costs money is for the second currency which pisses off a lot of gamers like retro gamers when it comes to newer stuff. So it's a mobile approach. <clears throat> Absolutely. So you have your gold coins that you earn and then there's this credit that you have that you can buy and everything that that's in the stores requires credit. Um, but you can still upgrade and buy and get new stuff with the gold coins too. Um, but it's not as cool looking, you know, cause they try to te- they try to dangle the carrot in front of you. Um, of course. 
The weird thing was is that there was some free downloaded thing, which is for the first week, that you can get, and it showed like weapons and stuff. And is it I, still there? Or is it yeah, gone? it's still there. Um, and I didn't have it. Like I, I didn't see it. I don't know where it downloaded to, or if it just didn't, or but I don't know where that's at. So I got to figure where the heck that is. Um, and there's multiple different elements. So you have axes and swords, but there's like a ice element, a fire element, a lightning element, uh, and each so you, each one you can craft by and upgrade. And then when you fight the different monsters, you want to you know equip yourself with the appropriate weaponry and appropriate uh, gear so that way you're you have an advantage. So if you're using ice on a fire um and it's weak to ice then you'll have an advantage if it's light you know what i mean and vice versa <clears throat> if you're weak you'll get your ass beat um that's where i think people just when i was playing with them in that last match that i did they just weren't equipped right and i was and i was able and i was dodging because there's a dodge button that you have to do to and you have to watch the tells of the of the enemy just like in monster <laughs> world and just avoid it's standard mmo fair Exactly. Watch um, the cast, watch the ground markers don't stand in the bad stuff. Exactly. And I feel like it was really fun. I mean, it's a good approach. Um, and we don't really have anything like it on the Switch that's playable online like this yet. So I think it's a, a good step in the right direction. And I'm going to be playing it on and off for sure. Um, mm-hmm. After this, I'm going to have to download it. <laughs> absolutely. And then maybe tonight we'll do a, a play party. Um, uh, let's see. Obviously, when I was saying the large, large um, announcement, which game was I talking about? Oh, Axiom Verge 2. Axiom Verge 2, of course. <laughs> of oh, course. we have one more thing. And it's like, oh, one of my game of the years from <laughs> like last year, because I think it was 2018 was Axiom Verge. Um, um, it was maybe it was twenty. No, it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, it, it was twenty seventeen. Was it? Yep, it was twenty seventeen because I, I actually played it before I played Xenoblade Chronicles two. So it was twenty seventeen. Right? Because I'm I'm saying that and I'm like, did I include <clears throat> it in the book? Because hmm. it because it was in it was on other systems too. We even the Wii U got a physical. Um, now now PS4, I'm like having you know. to look back and like, did I put it in the book? If I didn't, I'm going to be like, what the hell? I have to read. <laughs> How'd you miss that one? Oh, no, it's four oh. pages. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So Oxygen Verge was like one of my game of the years. Obviously, Breath of the Wild came out that year, too. But the fact is, is I also loved it on the Vita and on the PS4. So it's one of those games that's a, you know, single person thomas hap developed it by himself and it's awesome that um he's doing the sequel and he's been he worked on it as he was finishing up oxygen verge so it looks awesome and and a um up a needed upgrade to the series so can't wait for that it'll be out what next year i think well i think it's next year yeah yeah that that to me stole the show yeah i, I love the original and i'm like oh man they're going to pull me back in. And, I mean, the thing about that is is that it's, like, expansive caverns, but the release of that was so awesome. The Multiverse Edition of Oxium Verge 1 was That was the only so way to get it. So good. It didn't, didn't even come in a standard version. It's <laughs> so that was good. It. I love it. And I hope they do something similar. Hopefully Badland uh, picks it up again, Badland Games, and... <clears throat> You know, we uh we, we absolutely get a 
sequel in both physical and game. <laughs> I, th- I think we'll get physical again. I mean, it did well. I know they were pretty burned about what happened with with how they got released on limited run and bad. I think I don't know if Badlands screwed them over. Or someone screwed them over with the Wii U version. But hopefully they do something, if not through Badland, through Limited Run, maybe, with their relationship. Yeah, there was something weird. I remember there's a whole story on it. And I didn't get the Wii U version because it sold out in, like, seconds. Um, but, like, I, I would like <laughs> to get one, but I didn't yet. Um, I just want to support everything that uh, the developer does because it's just so polished and awesome. Um, so the one thing that I thought was my, I would say, the, uh, the hidden gem of the the spotlight was this game that's a genre merging. It's called Super Mash. Yeah, that looked weird. I thought it looked so cool, but I think it was under underutilized on the trailer. The trailer wasn't didn't explain enough. Because it was just like a bunch of crap thrown together with the merges, but I think it has an opportunity of being a super special game. Um, I don't know what the control methods are on to what you can do. Like, can you choose the characters or is it just a random thing? It looked like it was gearing toward the random thing where you put together these <coughs> two cartridges and it creates something like random. And then to me, it's like, all right, so then this developer programmed X amount of games. Yep. It's not going to be random. It's X amount of games are made. And it's not going to be procedurally I look interested generated. In, you know, do like a sports RPG or something. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> something random. Yeah, something stupid. It's going to be fun to, to see. And I don't know. I, I think if it's done, if it's executed well, and you can save your little games and share them with people via codes, which is the guy who unveiled it had a code um, that I got to remember somehow <coughs> when I get the game later. Um it's going to be interesting to see how it's executed and if you like if the games are like full games or they're little like little short mini games which is what i think it has to be Probably. at that level um yeah. and if it's going to be a physical release obviously that would be interesting Limited to run did tweet out asking which of the games were shown off that they do we want a physical release of <laughs> did you see that tweet like i obviously you did because you mentioned it but like <clears throat> all the people responding were like we want sydney hunter we want fx unit yuki and i'm like fx unit yuki was on the indies before i watched the showcase and they're like uh no and i'm like well, it's not even on the switch guys come on like <laughs> like they're asking seriously what we want to see from this that are that they could make a deal to and like Sydney Hunter, yes, but it wasn't on the indie showcase. It's already no. out, <clears throat> and so I'm like, man, you guys are are being funny. <laughs> what about some other cool things like Skatebird? Skatebird looks so weird. I don't know, like, <laughs> like Tony Hawk with birds. Like, I I think it'll be fun. Like no matter what, so it'll be nice. like a Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. People are going to talk about it for one week when it comes out with the reviews, <clears> and nobody talks about it again, which is sad. But that's not true, because Untitled Goose Game is absolutely being talked about. In fact, it was shown at the last Sony State of Play this week, or this past week, where uh, where the, it was announced for PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't hear about it. <laughs> and also, if you watch the Game Awards, and you, since you said you didn't, and you really need to look up this clip online, no. um, they had a whole thing with, with um, Dr. Honeydew and, and Beaker from the Muppets. Once on Honeydew, yeah. Um, where they have Beaker playing Untitled Beaker game in VR, huh. and and the the goose attacks him, 
and comes out as a puppet and it's just fantastic you need to watch that clip so i people are still talking about it well i, I figured i was just waiting for you to call me i'm like well you just we just mentioned it right now <laughs> like i did I, I just talked about it see that? i know see how that works <laughs> but yeah no it's it'll be I hope that people continue to talk about <clears throat> games like that because that's the thing is like there's just so much out there that things get washed to the side that are, I, I still feel are, are great games. I know your your game of the whole thing was really Boyfriend Dungeon, though. Oh, hell yeah. Get my, my swords to, to be able to date them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Talk I mean. about uh, phallical representations <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> like, really? Like, that's really beyond on the nose. Like, I thought it was pretty, pretty hilarious. Um, but, I mean, it's a unique thing. I mean, it's, it's there's a market for that out there. For sure. And we got to talk about briefly about Street of Rage 4 as oh well. Oh my gosh, yes. So, <laughs> so multi fun. multi uh release. I don't like the art style. Um but hopefully the gameplay knocks it out of the park. It just it feels like a little slow. I don't know. <clears throat> mm. Just watching the videos. I haven't played shit yet because it's not out yet. But like it just it seems like there's something that's off with it. I don't know what it is. I hope that I'm wrong. Cuz I, I love I love Street of Rage. Street Rage 2 is so good. Um, <laughs> and playing Street Rage 3 in Japan is my preferable way to play Bare Knuckle 3. Um, not the not the American version? Not the American version. Gimped version. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. But yeah, the fact that we're getting that, though, is, is great and just shows that you know the Switch is the way to play all the, the indie stuff. Because um, the only stuff we're not seeing on the Switch <clears> is, the, <throat> is the AAA big budget huge graphical intense games and, and even some of them we are we again we mentioned witcher and yeah. you know doom and doom eternals coming and why yeah. you know and payday to me that's two. that's talent to me that's talent because payday 2 you mentioned payday 2 um they announced that they're no longer supporting it um because the the people that ported it over are no longer around so the thing is is that i think if the talent's there they can port everything over to the Switch. Um, it'll just be that different kind of variable graphical fidelity that we see. Because when you're playing Witcher 3 and things get too intense, the graphics and, and the quality like downgrade a little on the fly. And that is what's going to be required for Switch ports. Um, it's the same thing we're going to see with Doom Eternal. As things get intense and crazy, you're going to see a noticeable, maybe not even noticeable in handle mode, but a noticeable in docked mode shift of graphical fidelity. Um to me, a good gameplay dwarfs that, and I don't care. Um, to others, <clears throat> they need their gameplay. So yeah, yeah. See, there there have been certain third party ports that I've played on the Switch, and and I've had no problem, like uh, Mortal Kombat 11 and and uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, um, despite you know some some lackluster stuff. I had no problem playing it. Other games. Um, I planned on playing on the Switch, and then I read, like, oh, the PS4 version is that much better, and since I usually play docked, I played on the PS4, like Sonic Forces. Um, sure. Witcher 3, I haven't touched yet, and, and if I do touch it, will I play the Switch version, or will I play the PS4 version? I know most people who have both will be probably shouting right now at this, like, play the PS4 version, it's better. Of course. And and, and Play the PC know. version, PC Master Race. Come on now. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just about having that comfort and being able to play it portably if i want to yeah and, and your save file is just instantly transferred over 
Yeah. Um, uh, oh, uh, another thing that was announced uh, recently is that Minecraft now is playable cross console to all three yes. consoles. Minecraft is what brings the gaming, <laughs> the gaming wars to an end. <clears throat> <laughs> now it's cool. My daughter will be excited uh, because she, now her her Switch worlds will be able to be played on her PC on the because she uses the Xbox version on her PC. Yeah. Um, and then on the Xbox and on her PS4. So she'll be able to, to cross-play everything. And that's her main thing is that she'll move from one to the other. But what's funny is, what she just said is, is the Wii U going to be also cross-play? <laughs> and do you know why she uses the Wii U, though? Why? Because the Wii U tablet has a built-in microphone, and there's people online playing all the time, uh, and you can easily just talk. Like, there's no extra Bluetooth or any kind of peripherals that are required to do it. And so she literally just plays online up in her bedroom on the Wii U. And it's hilarious because, you know, I just tell her, don't use your real name. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's it. And it's just funny because you hear her in there. And I'm like, is she playing with a friend? And it's like, oh, yeah, she's playing with friends online on the Wii U. And it plays real well. And it's a big community still. I was Good. very surprised, but that's why she goes to that version. So it's not gonna she's not gonna be able to carry over her save on the Wii U, unfortunately. Um, but that was a major announcement. Um, so there was something that I've been posting, Barry, in the um, episode descriptions. I think we need to finally talk about it. <laughs> Big Escape for 2019 that has been wanting to play, but we haven't. <laughs> and I've been posting like, are we gonna finally talk about it today? Are we finally gonna talk about it? <laughs> Yeah, because we didn't talk about it last time. Nope. and I was all ready to. And last time, like you mentioned one of mine that would be it, which would be Astral Chain, but I didn't buy the game yet. So to me, you have to own it, which you own it all, so I got it. But you have to own it (laughs) for it to be qualified for a game that we own, that we need to play from 2019. So what would be your game? Well, I've actually mentioned it a couple times in this recording. But uh, that would be The Witcher 3. Um, I've heard enough yeah. good things about it. I remember when Witcher 2 was announced for <clears throat> uh, you know, the Xbox 360. It was a big deal. I got like the special edition, and I just never opened it. Um, then I wound up getting the like the gold edition or whatever, like the enhanced edition, like re-release with like some DLC, uh, pre-owned, and I never played that. And then Witcher 3 came out, and I got the big collector's edition with the big griffin statue and all that stuff. And I still never played it. And now, of course, the Switch version came out, and I have that, and I've yet to play it. And I've heard only good things. It's one of those time sinks. I'm not sure if I'm ready to get into one of those just yet. But <laughs> but I know I know I've so many good things that I have to play it at some point. So that's the game that I'd like to play. Oh, no time, Barry. But who knows when I'll get the time to play it? At least in 2019 for the Switch. Well, I mean, just since you've been on. You know, as a, a co-host of the Switch Mania Playcast, um, you've definitely put in way more time into games than I've had the time to. Like you've put, you've played lots of massive RPGs. So if anybody's going to be able to play it, it's no time, Barry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like my games, though, are so much more like, man, you haven't played that yet, and it's like not a time sink. And so, like. For mine, like I obviously I do need to play more Witcher Three. I played for a good eight hours or so, but I do need to put in more Witcher Three time. But um, my game of 2019 that I need to play is The Messenger, and yeah, released you know by our 
our favorite, or at least my favorite, special special reserve with their awesome boxes, um, fuzzy boxes. Um, that was, I think, that was the first game I got from Special Reserve was the Messenger, and it's so cool. Uh, I love Ninja Gaiden, um, and it's the fact that it's Ninja Gaiden combined with increased advanced mechanics as the game progresses. We s- switch, uh, pun intended, in and out of dimensions right you get the riding i call it the raiden the riding dimension <laughs> um just looks so cool i've been wanting to play it that's one of those that i would consider guilty of the youtube community just reviewing it real quick and then moving on to the next cool shiny quarter and it's like dude it's the messenger like it looks so good and i need to play it more and once we do that'll have to be a a playcast play eventually um, there are a bunch of games uh, that we need to definitely focus on next year. Um, and I think what we should do, Barry, did you play The Messenger at all? I did not. Play not yet. Um, but so the thing is, is that what we should do to finish out the episode, finish out 2019 on the yes. Switch Mini Playcast would be, let's talk about our wish list for games that we should, we want to do for next year for the Playcast. Because there's oh. infinite AAA games coming out that need to be covered. But what games do we need to play or at least talk about for a full episode? Because I think there's a lot. I, our, our Both of our games of the year got a lot of focus, but it didn't get a, quite a full episode of attention. Um, there's been episodes yep. where we spent 10, <clears throat> 20 minutes on a game, too. So, like, we're, so it <laughs> did get that much time. Um but so let's pick like a couple games outside of our game of the years because obviously a Dragon Quest Eleven and a time and a you know time spinner episode would be amazing. Are we counting the underrated stuff too that we yeah. put up? Because okay, yeah. yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, those are I'd say those are fair game for sure. For yeah, those are also shorter games too. Yeah, exactly. And some of the games we did cover, like Link's Awakening, we did um, Link's Awakening, and you know Luigi's Luigi's Mansion. Mansion. So that stuff did get covered, which is great. Um, but I would say, like, stuff like, for example, to start things well, off, a Shakedown Hawaii episode would be amazing. Oh, interesting. Because um, I already beat and mastered that game. So it would be awesome just to, to talk about the differences between that and Retro City Rampage, which JP and I did an episode on early in the in the playcast. Both games I haven't played. Yeah, and it's Grand Theft Auto style, and it's not a huge game. So Shakedown, even though it's Grand Theft Auto style, it really isn't that big of a game. Uh, Super Nintendo style Grand Theft Auto, with a little bit of management sim of buying properties, which is hilarious to me because I hate those type <laughs> of games, but I loved it in this one. I I don't know. So all right, what about you? What game should we do an episode on? Well, obviously, you know, I, I would pick my underrated uh, list. All, all five of my underrated would are definitely up there. I would For love sure. to do. But uh, to go a little bit away from that, because if you've listened to the last episode, you know what those are already, and obviously those are all candidates for me. Mm-hmm. But just to mention something else, how about Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen? Ooh, <clears throat> yes. I haven't that, even bought that yet, and I need that, to. <laughs> that is a game that, again, I got on 360. I then got it on PS4. I never played it. I got the Switch version. I played the Switch version. Um, and I honestly fell in love with that game. And it just shows how good of a, a 2019 it's been because when I was playing that, I'm like, this is definitely a game of the year contender. I'm having so much fun. I really love this game. And it didn't even make 
either of my lists for this playcast um, because it's been such a good year. But I think that is something worth looking at because that, that you talk about Monster Hunter. It has the Monster Hunter style thing where you can climb on enemies and climb on bosses to attack certain parts. But it's also like a Bioware style RPG. Oh, um, sounds like cool. It is really cool. And and what's interesting is you get one party member that you get to make. It's like your, your peon kind of deal. And that, that character will level up with you. But then you get to have two other characters that you get to pull in from other people's games and those characters don't level up but you can you could dismiss them and pull in new ones yeah. at any time so you can build your own custom party however you want you could search for different different uh a play cast you know, party. characters you want <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not like you, you don't play with them in real time. Ooh. It's like you can actually <laughs> find my peon that I'm. That's made. what I'm saying. Like we could have the playcast party <clears throat> where where people, where <laughs> listeners could literally pull our characters that we've created. Yes. That well, my, would be cool. well, well, your peon. You can't put your character. Your character's not up there. It's your peon. Yeah, that you the, the peon. So my peon is up there. Um, if you find her, you you can take her and, and use her. Um, she's a good healer, but uh. But yeah, it's really cool because you get to really customize your party and your play style that way. And each each you have different classes, and they can evolve, and you can move skills around between the two, um, kind of like Final Fantasy V kind of deal, where you can take some aspects from one job and mix it with another. Yeah. Um, really, really awesome RPG. Nice. Not terribly long either, but it is addicting. Yeah. So. Um... That's a definitely a good candidate, and somebody should be writing these down. I'm not. Um, <laughs> um, I would say absolutely. We gotta do bloodstains, both of them. Oh, ritual. Uh, I, sure. Both of them. Yeah, we do for both. Sure. For sure. Um, but actually, Tesla Grad. It has such an expansive release that it it deserves to at least be looked at. Um, I almost want to pull some of these games JP style, blindsided. Like, <laughs> like that's where we we hit up and we played um, Yoku. Yoku's Island Adventure, and yeah. it ended up being like our favorite, one of our favorite games of the year uh, for the cast, just because like we didn't or Island Express, um, Yoku's Island Express, but we didn't really expect that. And I think doing that, where I'm like going in blind because I don't know anything about that game, that would be a perfect one to, to make. Like, all right, this is the game we're gonna bust out, and I this will be after I end up moving because <laughs> yes. I got to move cross country. I'm going to put all my cartridges back in the <clears throat> cases, which will make you happy. Oh, camper. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping them out now so I can play them on the, on for the next couple weeks when I'm on the road, if I want to, or I, or I might put them all in the case this weekend and for, for traveling. And then I'll just keep out the few games I'm going to play during the holidays. Cause if I'm playing breath of the wild, that's a big game. Um, there's that. Um, Switch Collector, Barry. Switch Collector. So we can end up, end this episode out. Um, so I have all of the writing done. I went and did the supplement, supplementary text that I needed. Like, I needed, um, a piece on the DLC for Breath of the Wild. Got that two pages done. Um, I need a couple paragraphs on arms, a couple paragraphs on Disgaea. I need a couple paragraphs on other stuff. I was able to knock those out too. Um, it's all into the book. What I'm doing is I'm finishing up all the digital spreads right now. So basically making it all look pretty. Um, going through, I'm only the f- a few in. But basically how it works now is now that they're all written, I go in. And I say I go to Tumbleseed, for example, and I have to put the text in all the different places to fit in with the layouts. And I have a consistency with layouts, but it changes depending on 
the text content and everything, and then, so there's a little bit of variance in there that makes it look really cool. That does sound awesome. Yeah, and then basically I gave all the marching orders to all the contributors, so by the end of the year, I want all the um, contributor pieces in. Um, I haven't really talked to JP about this, but I have most of his section, but the accessory section is going to have to be like its own book. It's going to be a massive beast. So that's one thing. And I'm thinking that most of the inter- interviews may be its own Switch compendium. Like that, that makes sense. Developer interviews or something. So. <clears throat> yeah, because it's, it's going to be so big. And I think, I think when you're dealing with developer interviews, if someone's really looking for a developer interview, they'll probably want to go to a place where it's all interviews and it's easier to find versus, oh, yeah, that's in Switch Collector Volume 2. Um, yeah. You have to find it as opposed to, oh, all the interviews are right here. You don't have to worry about switching volumes. Exactly. So focusing it all on everything that fits within year one, I think, is going to be the, the good idea for that. Um, in the you know the the contributor section, like there'll be a few interviews. I know um, Doug Douglas from Living and Run Games wants to do a, a talk about nice. his first year and stuff, and that's absolutely going to be in there. But I think the main crux of interviews with developers fits better and also will let me get the damn book out. Because yes. if I'm waiting for freaking <laughs> months to get a hold of this one developer, because every developer is so busy because they're developing. Um, so I think that getting them, I'm, we'll make it a cross-playcast interview too. It'll be cool. And Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, so... I mean, and I'm also working on a million other things, so I need to get over to those projects as well. So the Switch needs to get done. People need it. People need their Switch book. Um, so I would say that's about it for this episode. I know Barry's working on a game in the background. I can hear it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually working on a game, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm, it, speaking of interviews, around. I'm actually setting up an interview right now. <laughs> exactly. Clicky McClickerson now. Um, but that's because uh, it is the end of the year, and we got a lot of stuff going on. Yes. I gotta get to work too, cause Barry and I kind of record whenever we have time. Today it's the morning, so like I gotta I worked night shift last night, and so we got a little bit, and I gotta go in um, for work for a little bit. But uh, thank you everybody though, all the listeners for you know tuning in with us each week. Uh, Twenty nineteen has been a, a wild ride. Um, Barry came on. I want to thank Barry actually for for coming on and and joining when when JP decided to uh, you know focus on giveaways every every week. Um, but in all reality, <laughs> every day, every day. Um, but in all reality, JP's had some stuff going on. Um, hopefully that all everything's well with JP and yes. he's able to join us in the future. We'll see how a triple playcast goes might give barry plenty of time to click around and in the background because jp doesn't take breaths man i i'm warning you (laughs) it's 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 anxiety inducing sometimes where it's like uh you just covered the entire game world game awards and indie world and we didn't do any crosstalk (laughs) you did it all brother like okay (laughs) gotta work together as as a team you know (laughs) You can't, you can't hug the spotlight. We everyone needs a voice, and that's I think. Otherwise, you just call it the JP show. Yeah, I mean, in all reality, if we're all <laughs> co-located in the same room, it's never an issue. But when oh. we're, it's the tells and having somebody in there to pitch <laughs> would be very, very well, important. That's why, like you know, when we do things on Nintendo Fuse, you know, we have one one of us as the host, and we'll 
we'll say the topic and point to each one or, or you know say or what do you think what do you think kind of yeah. kind of make it work but if you wanted to go all in the same room i'm game but if you think about it that way you're the outlier that's right i'm the outlier i'm a weird weird man yeah, so, so you need to instead of moving where you're moving you need to move up here and we can do that it's too damn cold up there on the east coast y'all crazy <laughs> Well, that's not too bad. It's like 80 degrees out here right now where I'm at. I'm about to move cross country where it's also 80 degrees. I'm home. Okay. (laughs) You wimp. You big wimp. (laughs) (laughs) I I grew up in Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana. I I know winter. I just, I'm I'm okay without it. (laughs) Yeah, but our our winters are nothing like Chicago winters. No, exactly. It's not. I've been on the East Coast as well. I was in Maryland. Maryland yes. for a while. Very, so. very different atmosphere. Very different atmosphere on the East Coast versus. Um, but anyways, though, thank you, listeners. Um, as always, you can follow me on Hagen's Alley, where you can also see you know this playcast along with any of my projects, books, games that are available. Um, we alluded to it in episode twenty-eight, but uh, there will be some major game release projects coming out um, that are going to be super cool. Um, got even more pieces to the puzzle yesterday, which was awesome. Um, awesome. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> and obviously, I'm at Higgins Alley on the Twitter, on Facebook, and at Higgins Alley Books on Instagram. And the Switch Mania Playcast is now on Facebook as a group. So if you want to just chat with us or have some random thoughts about the Playcast, feel free to post it when we post the link. Absolutely. Uh, for me, you can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire, on uh, YouTube under Nintendo Fuse, and on Facebook under Nintendo Fuse. Um, I also do want to say quickly <clears throat> uh, a thank you to you, uh, Jeff, for, for having me on and uh, you know letting me be a part of this wonderful, wonderful playcast the, uh-huh. the, the second half of this year. And uh, look forward to continuing um, the trend in the next year. I also want to thank all the listeners who uh, did actually comment or reached out to me via Twitter. I appreciate every one of you. Uh, I love to, to hear your feedback. I love to talk to you. I love to talk games and um, keep it coming. Um, I just love it. BarryTalksGames.com. <laughs> you make it sound so dirty. <laughs> it's always dirty. Always dirty. Um, while we're doing this, I'm like, hey, let me do the uh, the website uh, because I have it connected to the Hagen's Alley page when I post the episodes. But I'm going to change it over to the uh, Switch Mania Playcast because you know that would be the Playcast page. Yes, that would be that would be absolutely wonderful. There and go. and. Who knows? Who knows what uh, 2020 will bring um, for the Nintendo we'll, Switch and for Insanity? And for Insanity, but we'll we'll definitely be back then. And uh, everybody, sure. you know, that's listening, please, you know, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and a Happy New Year. Happy Festivus for the rest happy of us. Festivus for everybody. <laughs> and we will see you in 2020. See ya. <laughs>